Hello, all you beautiful people, and welcome back to another episode of So I Got My BFA. My name is Kelsey, and this is a podcast where I talk about all of the things that I feel qualified to talk about because I have my BFA in musical theater. Before I get into it, though, I just want to say thank you so much for listening, and make sure to leave me a review and a rating on Apple Podcasts. That really helps me out. And also, if you're listening on Spotify, if you could give me a download, I would really, really appreciate it. Thank you guys so much, and with that being said... Let's get into the episode. I'm just talking, babbling. This is what you came here for, isn't it? Hello, everyone. Guys, I am very, very excited to talk to you guys today. This episode is going to be something really new from what I am used to putting out. If you're new here, usually the format of this podcast is I give my weekly obsessions for the week, which is can be anything from books to albums to things going on in the industry right now. It can really be anything, and I just talk about the things that I'm obsessed with so that I can give you some insight into things that you might want to check out, uh, listen to an album that you've never listened to before. And then I review a musical with you guys, and I love that. I always get to talk about my opinions of the musicals, I get to talk about my favorite part, I talk about my least favorite parts, and then I formulate some type of dream cast for the musicals, and then I play a game, and then I have a, a small advice column. But this week is going to be something completely new. I have been wanting to do this for so long, and I don't know why it's taken me this long to do it. Maybe it's because I was like, I really want to establish a format before I kind of divert from the format. But this week, I'm just going to sit down and talk with you guys, and I'm going to do a Q&A session of some frequently asked questions that I get from peers, from family members, from uh, people who don't necessarily understand the process that you, you go through when you're trying to do musical theater as a career. I just wanted to like hash all of those things out with you and maybe educate you guys or, um, you know, see if you if you've gone through this process as well, see if you can relate to any of my process. And I know that everyone's journey is completely different. So when I answer these questions, I want to try and keep it general, but I'm also going to talk about my experiences, what I went through coming from a very, very small town to then blossoming to, to going to college in the big city, what that journey was kind of like for me. And I just thought that this was like a great, I think this is episode 15, so that's really exciting. And I just think it's a, it's a great way for you guys to, you know, learn about this process or see if you guys can relate to it, but also just to get to know a little bit more about who I am because I talk to you guys for an hour to an hour and a half every week and um, I thought that I could just divulge and give you guys some insight into who I am and where I came from and my journey and everything like that on this path to this crazy career. So I'm going to get into that a little bit later but before of course I'm going to talk with you guys about my week and we're just going to talk and hang out together today and I'm so so excited. I feel like there's always, when I do these podcasts, there's always this, this pressure of, oh, I have to pick a good musical and then I have to give my opinions and, oh, oh what if someone's not going to like that opinion and everything. And, and I, just, I just feel like today is like a breath of fresh air and we're just going to talk and I'm just going to tell you guys about my, my experiences and maybe answer some questions that you might have. With that, let's just get into it. Guys, this week, let me tell you, it has been crazy. It has been so much in a sense that absolutely nothing has happened. I'm completely lying to you guys. I feel like I'm in this constant like Groundhog's Day during this pandemic, whereas I just wake up and while yes, I found new hobbies that I really enjoy and I've been able to do things like this podcast per se, 
that I never thought that I would do pre-COVID, I still do wake up every day and feel like I'm just having a deja vu over and over and over again. It's hard, you know? It, it really, really, like, this pandemic is is hard on all of us, and it's just been something that has been so crazy. Hopefully we are on the up end of it and we are going to be able to get back to some form of normalcy, hopefully within the end of the year. And regardless to say that things have been tough, I am still hopeful and positive that we're all gonna come out on top of this because that has been proven in history. One of my friends sent me a TikTok. You guys know how obsessed I am with that. My friend sent me a TikTok and it was, a girl was like, if you were alive during a time that was similar to this, can you tell us your experience and can you tell us like, what came of it? And it was this guy and he was he was talking about like struggling through, I don't, I, Honestly, I don't even remember, it was such a long, but it was a period that was similar to this. And he was talking about it and he said, the grass is always greener on the other side. You will come out of this, you will come out on top. And honestly, that was so reassuring. And I think that that's how we have to just approach these types of situations where we just have to remember that things are gonna be brighter on the other side and we're gonna come out of this and hopefully we will come out of this better than ever. And uh, so I just wanted to put that out there and put some positive energy into what has seemed to be a kind of lazy, not so great week for me anyway. And uh, just wanted to influence some positivity. That to say, I have had somewhat of a productive week. So I applied for some jobs, so fingers crossed there. Yeah, I'm hoping to hear back from them within the next couple of weeks. and. Hopefully I can get something. What else did I do this week? Oh, I started Bridgerton. I've only seen the first episode because I was waiting for my roommate to finish it because I didn't want to mess up where she was on our, our Netflix queue. So I was waiting for her to finish it, but I started it yesterday. Guys, I had no idea what I was going into. I did not know that Bridgerton was an early 1800s Great Britain version of Gossip Girl. <laughs> and I've only seen one episode, but I already know that that's kind of the way in which it's going. I'm really, really excited. It's only eight episodes, but they did get renewed for season two. So I'm very excited about that. But I feel like I can watch this relatively quickly and then I can give you a full review on it next week. I feel like I might be able to do that. Yeah, I'm, I already love it. I've only seen the first episode and I'm so intrigued by all of the things that are happening. Um, and I'm just really excited to get further into it. Uh, another thing that happened this week is I talked about the Universal Yums box uh, last week that I told you guys I was going to try and I was really excited for. This is what I'll say. I tried it and if you know me, I am a very, very picky eater. And so a lot of the flavors I um, was not so much a fan of. Guys, I have seen these like all over. There was a whole YouTube phase where YouTubers would try food from other countries. And um, I was very, very into watching those videos because I was just so intrigued. I was also very into watching people from other countries trying American food for the first time. Those were quite interesting too. But I, there were ketchup chips in the box and those are something that I've seen everywhere and I was like that's so gross that's so nasty and they were <laughs> I know I was giving like this big like anticipation like I was gonna say they changed my life and now they're my favorite chip 
no, they weren't that great. I'll say it. And there was, I, I think I only liked the things that were sweet, which honestly, in general, I'm pretty picky when it comes to salty things. I'm not that picky when it comes to sweet things. I generally like any, if you put something sweet in front of my face, I'm gonna eat it. I'm probably gonna enjoy it. Yeah, that was my experience with that box. And oh, oh guys, a big thing that happened this week. I, as a girl in her young 20s, had never read the Harry Potter series. I'd seen all of the movies, but I never read the books as a young child. And I started them, I started the series over quarantine, and I finished the seventh book yesterday. I just had this feeling of like, wow, I'm so proud of myself that I like actually stuck with it and, and read that whole series. And I literally was sad when I was done. I closed the book and I was like, there's no more. Because I've already read The Cursed Child. I've read the Fantastic Beasts books as well, or scripts, I guess. So I was like, there's nothing left. But yeah, 10 out of 10, if you have not read, recommend. They're such good books. And then, you know what's crazy? When I was young, I thought the movies were so great. And then this year I started reading the books and I would watch the movie after I read the book to see how it parred up. Guys, the movies are not that great after you read the books. And I'm sure that like everyone is saying like, yeah, Kelsey, duh, everyone read the books before they watch the movies. You're like the only one. I know, I know. I just like, <sighs> I watched the movie and then I'm like, but you left so much out. How are they gonna know that this happened when this happens in the next plot line? Like, how are they gonna know? Anyway, that was my week. <laughs> and Oh my gosh, guys, today has been just so crazy. I have all of this, like, I have some very chaotic energy flowing through my veins right now where I just feel like I could ramble for, like, nonsense for, like, hours on end. So just, like, bear with me. I'm really excited about this episode, so maybe that's why. But I, let me tell you, I have started this podcast over about... 20 times because I just feel like I'm talking about nothing. So whatever makes the final cut, that will be the most put together process and a very not put together type of day. Every time I start go to say something, like a car horn beeps outside my window. So welcome to real New York City living life. You just constantly, I'm not in a studio, I'm not in anything. I'm literally sitting in my apartment room in front of a microphone talking to you guys. And there are just like, you know, various ambient noises that are happening outside. I'll try to, I try to cut them out, of course, and I try to not speak when they're happening so that I can just let them pass. But every so often, one sneaks up on me. Oh my gosh, I literally started the podcast and someone drove past as I was beginning to do my introduction. And he was playing like on blast the Walking Dead theme song. And I was like, I don't like, are we in the zombie apocalypse right now? Like what is going on? So like just some of the craziest things I hear outside my window, but it's all about the experience. You know, that is the New York City life experience. There's a car horn right there. And you know, you gotta learn to love it. You gotta learn to love it. So with all that being said, Let's go ahead and get into the meat of this podcast, which is the Q&A session. So the reason I'm doing this and the reason that I thought that it was appropriate for me to do it now was that I really, really liked the education part of last education, I put in air quotes, of last week's podcast when I explained the difference between spectacle and story-driven musicals. I just thought that that was a nice like tangent that I went on and I, I feel like I want to incorporate more of that when we get back to the regularly scheduled episodes. 
I was just thinking that this podcast is called So I Got My BFA, so it might as well be beneficial for me to talk about some of the things that I learned while getting my BFA, while keeping it, you know, this podcast fun and lighthearted in a place where we can all come and talk about some good musical. Oh, I can't say that. Where we can all come and talk about some really good musicals and play fun games, but I also wanted to add a little bit of element of education to it as well. So, alas, the question and answer episode. Here we are. I have about eight or nine questions that I'm going to answer for you guys. And this is just a fun time for me to get to like reminisce on my past life, what I went through and everything. And, and maybe just like, you know, inspire and maybe just like have a good time talking about, about it with you guys. So let's go ahead and get into that. So the first question that I get a lot is what was my college audition experience like? So I will say this, everyone's experience and journey in this career path is different. Some people trained pre-college, some people came into college with no training, some people, you know, like, and, and everyone had a different journey. So this is just mine specifically, and I'll try to answer these as generally as possible, but like I do wanna like divulge like my own personal journey as well. Just so that you guys can know like the real honest truth of it all and I can, you know, talk about it. So let's get into it. What was my college audition experience like? I chose to do a mixture of on-site auditions as well as unifieds. And for those of you who don't know what unifieds is, it's basically where a lot of college programs get together in this like hotel or this space and they run their auditions in one location so that someone who doesn't need, want to go to, like if you're auditioning for college in New York and then you're auditioning for one in LA and you're auditioning for um, one in Oklahoma or you know Michigan or wherever, you can all kind of do it in one location within the span of a weekend. And so what I chose to do is I chose to do some of my auditions on site and I, then I chose to do a bulk of them at Unified as well. And the ones that I wanted to do on site were the ones that I felt really, really passionate about. So the, the college that I ended up going to, which was CAP 21 Malloy College, I did on site and I actually went to the conservatory to audition. And so I went there and then I also went to Boston to audition and then I went down to Dallas to audition and then I did the LA Unifieds. So I did kind of like a mixture of everything. College auditions for me was very, very stressful. I did not know what I was doing. And this is my disclaimer. If you have any resources of help during your college audition processes, use them. Do not go into this process not knowing what you're doing because it can be terrifying. It's already a terrifying process in general, right? Like you're literally auditioning to, you know, get into a college so that you can decide what type of training you want and everything like that. So it's already a terrifying process, but like to go into it and like not know what to expect, that is so much more terrifying. So I had very limited resources where I'm from. I came from a very, very small town. I went to a normal public school. I didn't go to a dramatic arts high school. Some of my classmates did. I, and I didn't have like the resources of getting an audition coach. And I didn't really know anything about that either. So I had my voice teacher and I had one of my old directors, my, my first high school director helped me out to find monologues and, and stuff of that nature. 
And that was kind of the only help I had. Everything else I had to do, all of the research. My parents are so, so, so supportive and they helped me find good schools that I was interested in. And uh, yeah, they were very helpful in the process too. But when in the grand scheme of things, I did not have a lot of help. So um, the process was very, very stressful for me. I was trying to audition for colleges each weekend, which means which meant that I had to leave school on Fridays. And this was also in the midst of, I played softball in high school, so this was in the midst of softball season. And the spring semester of my high school was always so hectic anyway. And so I was trying to like do a million things at once. And I was also very active in my high school. So not only did I play softball, but I was on the debate team and I did student council. I, w- I, was, in, I was a part of so many things. And so on top of like applying for colleges and trying to find this and that, I had all of that extra stuff too. So needless to say, my college audition experience was very, very hectic and stressful. And I highly recommend doing a lot of preparation in the year before you're going into it, just so you'd have everything like you're not worrying about anything and you have everything structured so that you can go in and be the best that you can be. I'll talk about auditioning for the school that I um, eventually ended up going to. So I walked into the studios, I auditioned, and I thought I gave the worst audition of my life. And I was devastated because this was my number one school. I pretty much knew that if I had gotten into the school, I wasn't gonna go anywhere else. I was so excited for the audition. I was in New York. It was like we were in the middle of a blizzard. Yeah, I was just like really excited. And then I thought I bombed the audition. Like I I just did not feel like I did well. And I came out of the room and my mom was like, how did it go? And I was just like sobbing. And I was like, it was so bad. It's like the worst one I've done. I had already done like two auditions previous that. I was just so devastated. And then I was on the plane to go to LA for unified auditions. My initial plan was to get there, to do my two scheduled appointments, and then to just do a bunch of walk-ins on the Sunday. And we got off the plane, and my dad texted us, and I had gotten accepted into CAP 21, and I was so elated. I was just, I, I knew that I didn't have to worry about anything else. I could, because I knew that even if I had not gotten in anywhere else, I had a place to go and the place that I had to go was my number one choice. So what I did was I ended up doing my two scheduled auditions at LA Unifieds and then girl, I went to the beach on Sunday because I said auditions are over. I don't need to do a bunch of walk-ins because I've already been accepted into my number one school. I just relaxed and like honestly, that was a great way to end such a stressful process. We went to the beach, we had a relaxing day. The weight was really lifted off my shoulders when I got into that school. I did end up getting into two other schools. I was very, very fortunate. However, I I had basically already decided I wanted to be in New York. I wanted the experience of training with uh, working professionals in New York. And I just knew that there was no other place for me than CAF 21. And that's kind of how I decided to to go there. So that's my college experience file. That was really, really long explanation. But anyway, what I would say is for anyone who is um, thinking about auditioning for colleges is to just be prepared. Be prepared way in advance because it can get to be a very, very stressful situation and a very, very taxing on your body and your brain and your health, honestly. So just be prepared. 
when you're going into it, prepare way beforehand. If you're gonna audition in the fall, make sure that you spend all summer finding your cuts, working them, so that you can walk in and be the best that you can be and you don't have to worry about any of the outside things that could happen. So that was a very, very long answer to that question. Let's move on to the next one. Another question that I get a lot is, was it scary to pursue a career that is so unstable or not necessarily unstable, but just like unpredictable, I guess is the word I would use. And my answer to that is yes, of course it is. It's the most frightening thing I've ever done in my life. And with all that being said, it's the only thing I see myself doing And it's something that brings me too much joy and too much passion to let it go. Because let me tell you, the people who really stick with this industry will tell you that there was literally nothing else that they wanted to do more. Because this business is hard. I haven't even like gotten to the thick of it. And I know that this is such a hard career to to journey into. And of course it's scary. It's going to be scary. It's how you handle the fear and how you choose to attack the career path, I think, is is the best way to, to, to phrase it in my mind. You can't let fear dictate your life because then you're gonna be you're gonna be stuck in a job where you're not happy. And and this is relevant to all careers. If you wanna be a doctor, if that's your dream, if you wanna be a lawyer, whatever you whatever you want, if you wanna be a teacher, don't let fear dictate what you choose to do with your life. Because you don't the one thing I I just like know that nobody wants is to end up in a life where they're not happy with the the life that they're living and where they they have regrets. So yes, it's scary, but you can't let that stop you from pursuing your dreams. That's all I have to say on that. Another question that I get a lot, I get this question a lot, is getting a BFA degree worth it or does it really even matter in this industry? And one of my friends actually asked me this the other day. And basically, here's my opinion on the whole thing. When it comes down to it, the person getting the job is not getting the job because whether they have a degree or not, right? We've seen so many amazing performers who don't have a BFA and they don't have college degrees because when it comes down to it, like talent is going to get the job or the, the best person for the role is going to get the job. What I will say, it's so personal. You have to decide the journey that you want to go on and whether that means you want two more years of training, so you to go to a conservatory program or you want a four-year process, which is what I did. You have to, to look at like where you are and you have to ask yourself the question, am I ready to go into this business Do I need more time to train and to meet people in this industry and and have just like learn more? And what I will say about the training aspect of it is, is that even people who didn't go to college are continuing to train all the time. You can't do this industry and not train. So like even the people who didn't go to college are taking voice lessons every week. They are in dance classes. They are going, they're finding acting classes outside of it. So when it comes down to it, like you are training no matter what journey you go on. If not, I just don't think you can be successful without it. It's such a personal journey. What I will say is that in my final year of college, we had an amazing opportunity to have master classes with casting directors and a couple of agents. 
And that was a question that was generally asked. Do you look at someone who has a degree and someone who doesn't? And do you cast depending on that? And the overall answer was no, not necessarily. But what we see when we see that you have a degree is that you are a hard worker because it's a hard work to get a degree in this business, that you work well in a group atmosphere, and that you know how to handle long days and long hours. And so they say that we look at that and we understand that this person is more trustworthy than this person is necessarily. And and it has nothing to do with who the people are. It's just like the assumption that is made that if you went through a degree program, you have all of these qualities, whereas we're not sure if these, this person has all these qualities. And that's only a situation they said that if it comes down to like one or two and everyone's equal and like there is like no determining factor other than that, then they will take that into consideration. But when it all comes down to it, the role is going to go to the person who is best suited for the job. Honestly, a lot of it has to do with networking too. So you have to really like dig deep inside yourself and say, fine, like what is the journey that I want to go on? For me personally, this, I will tell you my journey. My journey was that I was never really a question. I was always going to get a degree. And it didn't even have to do with like I, the, the fact that I needed more training because I did. Again, grew up in a small town with very limited resources. I did, I had no idea what I was doing, but it was just more the fact that like I knew that I wanted to have a degree in general. And so that was my journey and I would not trade it for the world. I grew up as a person and as a performer so much in the past four years. I will say that my freshman year, I really did not think I was going to make it in this industry. I had so many like confidence issues and just like a lot of like self-doubt. And as I grew up these last four years in this training program, I made a lot of like large strides, not only as a performer and an actor, singer, dancer, because I grew so much, the trifecta, but also I just grew up as a person and I came to understand that it's not okay to, you know, have a lot of self-doubt. It's not okay to not be okay with failure. It's not okay to compare yourself to the person standing next to you because everything is like so personal in this industry that you have to like understand yourself before you can be successful. Anyway, so that was just a long way of saying that I personally, for my journey, thought that going to college and getting a degree in musical theater was the best thing I could have ever done. And I will never, never, ever think anything else. That's all I have to say. So again, just find your journey Decide what's going to be best for you in the long run. It's so personal. It is literally person by person. I cannot sit here and tell you to get a degree. And I can't sit here and tell you to not get one because you have to find that within yourself. Another question I get a lot that I really wish that I didn't, but people continue to ask me over and over again, is what is your backup plan? (sighs) Everyone take a big heave with me right now. First of all, I'm going to say this and I want everyone to listen. We have to stop normalizing asking this question to people who are pursuing any type of artistic degree, okay? It is not healthy for someone who is following their dreams and working their butts off to constantly be bogged down by the assumption of failure. And that is what you're doing every time you ask someone what their backup plan is, is you are assuming future failure. There is already so much assumption of failure in this craft. 
We do not need it from our peers, we do not need it from our family, and we don't need it from the people who support us the most. And I know that sometimes, like, it is, like, a question that, like, you're just, you know, you're trying to just, like, delve more, like, deeper into the minds of a person who is pursuing the arts, and you just want to know more, and you are curious, and you just want to have the assumption that you're you're there for them, but, like, it is not healthy for someone to be constantly asked what their backup plan is when the answer is there really is no backup plan. And and some people will tell you that, oh, well, if it doesn't work out, like I want to be a teacher, but, or I want to do this, or I want to do this. But like, just to like go into this career before you even start out. So I would say like, if you feel the need to ask it, ask it in a different way. Ask what is your survival job? Like, what do you want to, what do you want to do on the side? Or what's your side hustle? That is a much cleaner way than asking what is your backup plan? Because backup plan assumes failure before you even get started. And I think another thing that people just do not understand about this craft is the amount of opportunities that are open to the, to the person. It's not Broadway or bust right? It's really not. Broadway is like the number one goal probably in most everyone's mind, but not being on Broadway does not make you not successful in this career. There are so many successful people who do so many other things in this art form and just like asking someone what their backup plan is right off the back is just like so damaging. I am a person who like kind of just lets those things roll off my back and and I just I politely say, oh, well, I mean, like I'm going to perform and um, we'll see what happens when when it comes down to it. But a lot of people aren't. A lot of people see that as, oh, you think I'm going to fail. You think I need a backup plan. And a lot of people feel the need to have a backup plan. And sure, like that's smart if that's your journey, but you, you shouldn't ever have to feel the need to have a backup plan. I highly doubt anyone going into accounting is getting asked what their backup plan is. Anyone going into being to the medical field is getting asked what their backup plan is. So stop asking artists what their backup plan is. You are hurting more than helping. So there was my small little rant on that. Another question I get is what was the transition like from moving from a small town to the big city? And honestly, it was pretty easy in the sense that I was protected for four years, I guess. I didn't just come here straight out of college, not really knowing what I was doing. I had this like bubble around me in the sense that I was going to college in New York. So I kind of learned the ins and the outs and the ropes of the city and how to work the subway system to, to figure out like where I was going and everything and you know know which streets to travel down and which streets to not travel down. I had a cushion and so the transition wasn't that hard for me and I've always kind of been a city girl anyway. I grew up in a very small rural town but I just knew that like I was meant for something bigger, I guess. Um, it's like astonishing. I always knew I meant for something great. Anyway, I had no fear. And that's, I think, the thing that made the transition so easy is that I didn't come into it scared that I was moving to this completely different atmosphere from what I grew up in in the first 18 years of my life. And so I think that's the one thing that helped my transition the most. I love it here. I wouldn't trade it for anything except for maybe... 
I would like it to feel like California sometimes where it's 75 all the time. Yeah, it was super easy for me. And again, it goes back to not living your life in fear of what could happen and just fully letting the experiences come as they come. And I had enough fear as it was going into this program where I didn't know anything and there were people who knew way more than me and being expected to like know certain things about this career and I had enough fear on the school aspect of it. I could not let there be any fear in the whole like new city part of it or else I would have had far too much fear in my life and I would have been so completely out of my mind insane for the past four years. So yeah, the transition was pretty easy for me. And yeah, honestly, I if, if you want to do it, you should do it. It's so worth it in my mind. And honestly, this is where all the fun is. Like New York City is fun. Well, I mean, not right now during a pandemic and everything's shut down. But um, when the pandemic subsides eventually, New York City is a fun place to be. And some people only want to be here for vacation and that's fine. And But some people are just meant to be here. And honestly, I just, I just love it here so much. And again, long answer for a short question. Okay, I will answer this one last question before I get into... So the advice column is this week is also a question. So I will answer this one last question before I get into the advice column. And that is, if I myself right now, as almost a year graduated out of college, could tell myself as a freshman one thing, what would I tell myself? I've thought about this a lot because there are a lot of things that I would tell myself as a freshman, one being to like take a breath. I guess like the one thing is like, I would say like, don't put so much pressure on yourself. Don't feel like you have to be the best. Don't compare yourself to others. Let some of the pressure off. Like it's important. It's not so important that you put so much pressure on yourself that you can't breathe. Because freshman year, Kelsey was very overwhelmed. I was walking into circumstances that I had never been accustomed to before. I come from a very small town where I was known as like the actress and coming into this, I was surrounded by people who had been doing this just as long as I had people who like were training in high school. I was so worried about keeping up with another person's pace that I lost who I was and I lost, I forgot to embrace the journey that I was on myself. And I just put way too much pressure on myself to be the best. And I wasn't gonna be because I had a lot to learn. I had a lot to learn that some people didn't have to learn. And I always, I constantly felt like I was playing catch up. Like take dance, for example. The one thing I regret more than anything is quitting dance in sixth or seventh grade because I wish that I had stayed and I had trained so that I was prepared to go into a dance class and and it would have prepared me way more for professional auditions and picking up choreography and everything like that. But I, I didn't. And that is like a regret that I have in my life. I don't necessarily regret the timing and like what I did instead. I just wish that I had, I was, I had the opportunity to stay in it while also getting to experience the other things that I experienced. Regardless, yeah, I would just tell myself to take a breath, focus on myself and not on the people next to me because their success does not define my success and their journey is not going to be the same as my journey because literally everyone is different. 
Everyone has their own path. Everyone is going to succeed in different ways. And I was so boggled down by the fact that I was not succeeding in the same way, you know, Sally was, that I was blindsided and I couldn't see the own, my own successes that I was having within myself. And it took me a long while to recognize that. It took me at least until junior year. I don't think I started focusing just on myself until junior year of college. And, and even then I was still like, I was just, I was so overwhelmed. And so again, long story short, I would just tell myself to take the pressure off yourself and live in the moment and experience all of the experiences and don't put too much pressure on situations that don't require pressure and just have fun. I wish I could have told myself to have more fun. I was so stressed out. I was so worried about like every day and I just wish that I could have, and I did, I had a lot of fun in college. Don't get me wrong. I just wish that I could have like let myself breathe during the fun instead of worrying while I was having fun. But anyway, that's the one thing I would tell myself as a freshman. And honestly, it is so freeing as a person who I've done a lot of self-reflection, especially this past year. That is something else that quarantine has allowed me to have and allowed me to do is a lot of self-reflection and get to figure out like who I am as a person, who I want to be as a performer and how I want to put myself and my energy out into this crazy art form. And let me tell you, it is so freeing when all you have to do is worry about what you can control and not worry about any of those outside aspects of things. Because this career is already so subjective that there are so many things that you can't control that if you decide to just take what you can control into your own hands and control that, you are going to be so much lighter. Like, I don't know. That was a weird way to phrase it. You, it's just going to, there's this freedom that comes with that. And I think that that's so important and it might take a year. It might take five years. It might take 10 years for you to come to that conclusion yourself, because once again, everything in this career is about your own journey. But once you do, it is just so freeing. And those are the questions for this week. I'm so excited. I want to do more of these and I want them to be like, this episode was more of like a general questions that I get, but I will probably put up like a Q&A segment on my Instagram at one point and, and for people to ask me questions um, that I can incorporate in the podcast that might be a little more specific. And I want to finish this podcast off with the normal advice column. Sorry, no game today. Today we just chatted, so it was not the normal. Next week, we will be back to our regularly scheduled program in the sense that I will be talking about a musical and we will play games and we'll have fun. But I want to end this podcast with the advice column and with keeping in the theme of a Q&A, I will end this advice with a question that I get a lot as well. And it would be, what is the best piece of advice I have ever gotten on my journey? And just remember that I'm at the very beginning of my career. Yes, I just graduated college, but because of the pandemic, I have not been able to even attempt to start my journey. And gosh, I can't wait. I cannot wait until the day that theater opens back up and we can just get get the ball rolling. I just wanted to remind everyone that I this is all coming from someone who is at the very beginning baseline of this whole career. 
but what is the best advice that I ever received? And it was from Ann Dowd. She spoke at our virtual graduation ceremony that we had just within my class, so just the theater kids. And I wish I remember the quote exactly, but I remember the whole premise of it all. And honestly, I've been talking about this kind of throughout the the last like 10 minutes anyway, but she was telling us how she did not find success until her later years and just recently. And she was just saying that she thought that it was going to happen for her like right out of college and how she saw her peers finding success and she still wasn't. And then it wasn't until like her later years where she found all of her success. And as we all know, she's very, very, very successful and we love her and we respect her and (laughs) she's amazing. But all this to say, she was telling us the story because she wanted us to realize that again, everyone is on their own path and everyone's time is going to come when it comes. And you can't be boggled down if someone time if someone else's time comes before your own does. And you can't ever give up. If this is what you want and this is the career that you want to pursue for the rest of your life, be patient. You have to be patient and you have to wait for your time to come. And eventually it will. And when it does, that's when it was meant to come. And everyone is different. Everyone's on their own journey. Some people are meant to play high schoolers for the rest of their life. And then they grow out of a certain age and they are no longer available for the high schoolers. Some people are better for like the mom roles. And so they have to wait a little bit. This is just going into like a type talk that I don't even want to get into. But anyway, just all this to say that like work hard, be patient and be in the right time at the right place, you know, and just wait for your time to come because it will. If you continue to work hard and you continue to do everything you can to be the best in this craft, your time is going to come eventually. And that is the best piece of advice I got all four years of high school. And it was the very last piece of advice I ever got. Uh, wait, I just said high school. I meant college. Oh gosh, I didn't get any advice in high school. Um, <laughs> anyway, that was the best advice I ever got in college. And it was the last thing, last piece of advice I ever got in college. So again, just be patient. Your time's going to come. You got this and you can do it. Thank you guys so much for listening to this podcast. I know it was a little bit different, but I hope that it was helpful or slightly educational, or even if not, even if you've already like been through the process and you're just listening to this podcast because you, I don't know, in, enjoy the sound of my voice. Thank you for listening and I hope it was helpful. I love you guys so much. This podcast has meant so much for me. It has um, yeah, made me realize a lot of things about myself as a performer that I haven't even realized, even just like sitting here talking to you for an hour to an hour and a half. I've had so much fun. If you want to find me personally, you can find me on Instagram at underscore Kelsey McFall underscore. I'm probably going to post something about doing a Q&A in my future podcast. So if you want to ask me any questions, follow me on there, be on the lookout for that. And I'm also on TikTok at KelseyMC137. So if you want to check me out on there, that'd be fun as well. But again, thank you guys so much for listening. I love all of you and I will see you guys next week. Bye guys.